Hey, people, what's good? This is episode 50. This is Sports <laughs> Debate Tuesday. <laughs> and the episode starts. I got the giggles, bro. <laughs> the episode starts right now. What's up, people? This is episode 50, along with my man, Rob. Keep it. McLean. McLean. I am Jason DeBeas. This is Sports Debate Tuesday, and Daddy is back. Rob McLean, we got a little bit to talk about today. Uh, Peterson gets the um, the heave-ho from Philadelphia, which I thought was long overdue, and I think you share my sentiment on that, right? A um, lot of upsets this weekend. I mean, that was very, very uh, weird watching the Rams beat the Seahawks and, and watch watch Russell like fighting quicksand. It was like the harder he fought, the deeper he sank until he was in over his head, you know, and I and, and I have an affection for the guy, so I felt for his plight. But it's something you, you and me kind of saw coming. You looked like you were gonna go, you were gonna go to Rams on your pick six last week, right? Um, yeah. Right. So, but but first things first. National championship game last night. For college football supremacy, number one Alabama against number three seven and zero number three Ohio State. Bama. I think the only thing I could say is put a whooping, put a whooping on Ohio State. Take take the fact that um, Alabama, the Tide, Roll Tide, was already favored to win. Take the fact that Ohio State lost several uh, players, on particularly on defense, to COVID and other injuries. Take the fact that Trey Sermon, who's Ohio State's biggest standout, <clears throat> in my opinion, even more so than Justin Fields, uh, got hurt the very first play of very the game. <laughs> Didn't look good. I mean, to me, I, the only thing that surprised me was that the score was 14 up after the first quarter. They just, you know, when Bama scored, they scored, but you knew, you know, Nick Saban's a defensive supposed genius, and you knew he's going to crack the code, and it didn't take much when, when you got backups. So the question is, Rob, and we can spill over some follow-up questions on this, but the, the the main question of this topic is, what does this game do for Saban's Nick Saban's legacy? I mean, uh, for his legacy, is I think as soon as he got the job at Alabama, I think he was going to do exactly what he's done. Um, you know, win what eight out of eleven years, you know, national championships. You know, seven out of ten years. So, yeah, yeah he's. Uh, I mean, he just makes himself, you know, one of the best coaches, you know, of all time because it's not going to stop. You know, I think it's, it's it is a great testament to his coaching abilities to bring all these, you know, personalities and all these great players to fruition. But at the end of the day, he's got freshmen, you know, sophomores dominating on the defensive line while you've got in skill positions behind them, linebackers and defensive backs and, and safeties, you know, playing their third and fourth year. So it's like... He's got all the, you know, all the tools to play with, and it's, it's kind of unfair. It's been unfair for a very long time, but pretty much just LSU and Alabama have those abilities to, to pull that many players to their school to make it where, you know, even their backups can beat most of these top, top five teams. Um, yeah, so what I just saw last night was, you know, vintage Bama where, you know, even if they lost one of their top, top senior defensive players to a, a targeting call 
which again needs to be refined because there's way too many of the best players being lost at the best possible, you know, games of the year. And then, you know, obviously it's going to be a big difference, but not for Bama. You know, they lost their best player, their senior caller, and they made one slip up on defense, didn't cost them a touchdown. And then they were just a shutout team for the rest of the, for the rest of the game. So, I mean, <clears throat> yes, you know, you got to give credit where it's due. Uh, he's got the wins to, to, to show, but, Man, there's just so much talent in, in uh, Alabama and in football and in college football and in the, in the southern states that, uh, man, I, how do you not win with that much talent? Yeah. <laughs> so yep. good on them, but, you know, oof. I wish if some of those guys would go to other places to, you know, make their name shine, maybe they'd, you know, make it to the pros and, and, and be those top draft picks instead of, you know, fighting behind certain guys, you know. So I think yeah. uh, I would hope things change. Before I, I answer the question about Nick Saban, I'd like to cite this Ohio State coach for, for, for the awesome work that he's done to even get into this picture. You only had a minimal amount of games. The Michigan game got canceled. They almost weren't even invited to the Big to, to the Big Ten Championship because there were not enough games. Somehow, some way they got an exception. Somehow, some way they got into this Final Four. And somehow, some way he used um, his quarterback was, was, was ailing. Trevor, Trevor Sermon came up big and they beat Clemson and, and prevented what was supposed to be a, a true a true rematch of the ones versus two which has been like uh you know you said alabama's been there seven of the last 10 years and i would suggest so has clemson been there um i've always classified nick saban as a very good mechanic in a room full of ferraris uh, you know he gets the best recruits. I mean, Georgia, they say Georgia gets all the all all of the top 50 or whatever, but at the end of the day, anyone that's within that top 50, Nick Saban's getting them, they're going to be the best recruits. So I've never given him the all of the respect he deserve, deserves. I, I've always given him his respect because you don't become a head coach and then coach in the NFL and land these college jobs because because you know people. I mean, that, that that might also be included, but not limited to such, Rob, but let's be real. It's college football. If you win games, you're on TV more. If you're on TV more, the, co- the college makes money off of the backseat these kids who ain't going to make some money. So, so with that being said, I owe this man more respect than I've already given him. I've, and, and, it, I don't, and though I don't consider it an insult to call him an okay mechanic in a room full of Ferraris, you can only beat the teams they put in front of you. You can only play the players that you recruit. And he's done everything right, and he's minded, he's minded his P's and Q's. And at the end of the day, he will go down as the best college coach in the history of, of college football um, because of these lurking variables, but not, just, but, not be, but not only because of that, because we, we on this same show I, I might even talk about um, professional coaches, NFL coaches, NBA coaches that have the same amount of tools and don't win championships. So, so there's something to be said about not just getting getting all the, t- the necessary tools you need to win, but but at the same time, the t- um, you still have to win, <laughs> right? You, yeah. I mean, do we want to talk about beach playing. volleyball, right? That's do we cute. do we want to talk about beach volleyball? Do we, we want to talk about USC, which is the hotbed for recruiting? Do they win every year? Do you, I mean, no. I mean, their, their women's team didn't win the last two years, and their men's team has, has been has been. Um, 
I don't like to use the word disgrace or, or, or abysmal. And, I, and of course, I know I'm going to get some blowback because I live in the South Bay and this is this is USC alum territory where, uh, to their credit, they take care of their own. And and, and I, I love from the McKibbins to Triborn to, every, to, to everyone that played at USC, all the way back to Steve Timmons, I'm a USC fan, so I'm not trashing them. I'm just giving an, exa- an example of a place where you can recruit all the best talent, but at the same time, you're not going to be at the end if you're not if, if you're not a, if you're not an okay mechanic not okay if you're not a very good mechanic in a room full of ferraris the ferraris are going to break down on the road they're not even going to get to the starting block all right or they're definitely not going to make it to the finish line so never mind that so to um in conclusion uh what does this do for his legacy it doesn't cement it it doesn't do anything for his legacy because his legacy was already there um from the second he took that job yes from the second he landed in alabama and he said this was the best alabama team he's ever coached talent wise from across the board and if you look everyone's talking about Devonte, um Devonte, um sorry Devonte smith electrifying uh wide receiver that creates a ton of separation that i'm sh- i'm positive he's going to be able to do in the nfl everyone's like oh this is college oh he's not going to do it in the pros let me tell you something amari cooper there are a lot of, of good receivers out of alabama um and wherever that receiver um, from the cowboys came from in Julio, fact justin jefferson Julio i mean we can name five uh, examples of people that create separations <laughs> and, make, and make professional veterans look like fools so so he will do well in the nfl but he's not even a guy that stuck out for me rob i mean mac jones man 464 yards passing five touchdowns an 80 percent completion percentage you know because there was so much attention on him how about Najee uh Najee harris only 79 yards on, on the ground. I mean, got two scores, but let's not forget about total yards. For, I mean, the guy, I believe, got, where is he? got 79 yards. He got 79 yards receiving. Uh, um, so he's, he's, he, he's been, he killed Ohio State on the ground and the air. So as far as total yards reached triple, triple digits, also another reception touchdown. So that's three in total for him. So I'm amazed at this kid, Devontae Smith, that, you got these this this blue chip quarterback putting up the numbers. You got this blue chip running back putting up the numbers. You you're always gonna have a good defense because it's Nick Saban, and the guy that stands out is this skinny little kid, man. You know who who might have to put some weight on him when he goes to the NFL. <laughs> he looked pretty thin, but you know the other one, Jalen Waddle, is even smaller. Yes. Um, but uh, yeah, you know I think uh, they'll hold their own, and you know the biggest thing about receiving is you know if you're good enough, you don't get touched. You know so. True. And I think that's what a lot of them work off of. And receiving is a very individualistic, you know, art where, you know, you're trying to get away, you know, you're trying to get room and space from your defender um, as well as running the route that you need to run for the team, you know, for the play to work. So, you know, I think a lot of that has to do with the individual player. And if they're that fast or they're that good at route running, a lot of times they don't need to be that big because, you know, they're going to dive down, but, you know, underneath a tackle or get yards after the catch anyway. So um, I think for me, a lot of it is, you know, how good are your hands? You know, how, how well do you, you know, run your routes uh, and pass that? Then we can start talking about physique. Yeah. And uh, he does both of them A+. plus. So I also think there's something that when you have return and repeat champions or repeat final four um, contestants, as far as the college scene is concerned, I think it's good for the sport of football as a collective whole, because when you watch the NFL, you, you see these, uh, I mean, think about all of the people the last four or five years 
that have played in that 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 national title game or the time, national title final final four that are that are absolutely highlighted in Pro Bowl material now, like Amari Cooper, right? Um, Alabama, uh, Clemson, right? Deshaun Watson just just set the world on fire in both of those finals, and he's a starting quarterback for the Houston Texans. Think of, please tell me this Cowboys receiver. You know, I'm I'm, I'm gonna forget his name. CD oh, Lamb. CD Lamb. CD Lamb. I'm, I I forget the school he went to, but he is electrifying. Oklahoma. Semi, yeah, um, Sammy Watkins, you know, Clemson. Clemson. Basically, Oklahoma, that's been in like, I guess out of the last seven years, I think they've been in like three Final Fours, right? And that, that's Baker Mayfield. That's Jalen Hurts. Hey. That's, that's <clears throat> ooh, Kyler um, Murray. Kyler Murray, yeah. And now all of these people are not just in the NFL. They're not just on a 53-man roster sipping Gatorade. They're, 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 they're in there getting it in. So, so. Great, great, um, great way to close the door on college football, at least for now. Great way, you know. I mean, COVID's gonna get when the more people you get, you you have on a roster, the bigger the chance that COVID's gonna happen. But, and I know there's a fact that, you know, transmitting it without a mask or close close spaces is gonna um spread the disease. And and facts are facts, but the reality is. And I had a conversation with the rea- with someone this morning. The reality is, people are not going to stay at home until it's gone, right? You you have, you have to find ways to cope. And and I thought for the most part, I think college football. I give them a I give them a B. <laughs> I give them a B plus. You know, whatever. So, in fact, Tim Tebow argued like staying on campus and not spreading the infection. You know, probably worked better for people. You know. Or maybe we're just two sports fans. I got tired of watching horse. I, don't know. I mean, <laughs> right? Maybe I should be. I enjoyed watching some college football. It was really fun. It was really fun, and 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 God bless all of them that made it happen. You know, and 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 did the best of their ability to 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 um make sure it was done right. So, topic two, Rob. Here we go. Back to Ooh. the NFL. Last week, a lot of um Ravens. Was not considered an upset by by most of us. I mean, I I, I didn't really go out on a limb to pick them. <laughs> uh, Tampa Bay visiting Washington. Oh, they might beat them. Nobody was thinking that. They knew Tampa Bay was going to win, even though this kid Chris uh, the Heineke surprised the world and only came within one score of tying that. So that turned out to be an interesting game. Buffalo, my team, hey hey hey, um, twenty seven twenty four survived. Uh, a scare, a little hail mary scare at the end with Philip Rivers. Though, though the call, bef- the the non call, two one or two plays before that was highly controversial. That guy, I thought that was kind of a fumble. And I think for the replay system, um, that it is designed for close calls. You know, oh, it was a close call. You know, these commentators, oh, that was just too close to call. No, it's not. Not if you have a replay system. The purpose of the replay system is for close calls. Do your job. So. But that's not what we're going to be talking about in this segment. We're going to be talking about bow wow wow didio didier bow wow didio didier. Rob McLean, the Cleveland Browns got turnovers, got ahead, punked, stomped, exterminated, beat down the Pittsburgh Steelers at three at, on their own home turf. Rob, so my question to you, because I've been yak 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 yak. My question to you, Rob, was this game? Really good Browns or bad Steelers? Uh, I mean, obviously, you know, if you're giving up 28 points in the first quarter, you're not, (laughs) you know, ready to play. You know, no matter how hard you come back for the next three quarters, whatever it is, you know, 28 28 points is hard to come back from. 
Um, so, you know, before we talk about anything, we have to preface with that. Um, but past that, I thought it was a great game. You know, you take out those 28 points and they, they won probably the way that I, I, I would think they would, they should win. Um, but yeah, you know, uh, Cleveland, I, I, like I said, you know, they might not be the best team, even they might not be performing the way they should be performing, but they're playing good football. So right out of the gates, they're playing good football defensively and offensively, you know, and pushing the pushing the Steelers and Steelers weren't ready to respond. You know, I think it in, in that essence, then it's just good Browns, you know, because they really took it to them from the start and the Brown, you know, the, the Steelers just couldn't, you know, turn it around. But, uh, you know, they did turn around, you know, so good on the Steelers. But at the end of the day, you know, the game starts, you know, at 15 you know, at that first 15 minutes. So uh, I think it's good Browns. Uh, and I think it's good Browns all the way through the game because there's so many times where they score three times in the middle of the, you know, in, in, right before the half or they score right before half, they get the ball back, they score again. And, you know, that game is a one-score game or, you know, a, a touchdown and a field goal away from uh, being tied. So I think it's just a, a well-played long game by uh, – the Cleveland Browns and uh you know I think they're a legitimate team with a, uh, an actual legitimate coach that's ready to take them to something higher you know and the last thing I'll say is <clears throat> the best thing you can do for your team is play in the playoffs because winning in the playoffs is different than winning in the regular season even if you win one time in the playoffs it just has an effect on players that they want to get back there and do it again and that goes all the way to the next season and then possibly further. So um, great on the Browns because there's a lot of players in that team like uh, Miles Garrett or like uh, Baker Mayfield that really need to play in the playoffs to really, uh, you know, transcend that team and to bring them to a different place. So uh, great win for them. And now we're on to the next week and hopefully they can uh, do some, you know, play some really good solid football and you never know what's going to happen with Kansas City. You know, they could burn them out from the first quarter like they just did to the Steelers or, you know, they could uh, stink it up for the first three and try to come back from the fourth. So we'll see. Rob McLean. Rob, keep it. McLean. McLean. Chris Rock compared a career to a job. He says, when you have a career, you can't wait to get back to work. You got this project. You're like, oh, man, I, 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 where is Tom gone? I got to go home. I, I don't want to leave. I can't wait to come back tomorrow. But when you have a job, you get there at 9 o'clock, 9 one What the hell's wrong with this watch? <laughs> so now, with that being said, why am I saying this? In professional sports, the difference between people looking at their, their, their position as a career or a job are wins. Wins and losses. When you lose and, and you're in a bad environment, an unencouraging environment where people are just going through the motions or whatever, it's, it's not, it doesn't feel like a career. It feels like a job and you can't wait to get the hell in and out fast enough. And we know we've seen some teams like that that just kind of all give up on each other and they, don't want, they just don't want to be there. But then you see like Tom Brady, right? Goes to Tampa Bay. Everybody, everyone's talking about how old he is, but those same people in the same breath are like, Tom, got some room on that roster for me? <laughs> you know, <laughs> can, you, can you talk to the GM? Can you talk to Bruce? So, <clears throat> very, very important to Cleveland 
to win this to win this playoff game and the win in playoff scenarios because now even if they don't beat the Kansas City, they can't wait till next year. Tra- voluntary training camp? That's not voluntary <laughs> training camp. I mean, volunteer? No, we're all coming. You know, we all. So yeah. we have a volunteer, a videotape session. Boom, the classroom's full. Coach, tell us what's up. You know what I'm saying? Oh, big up to this coach too. Big up to the special teams coordinator who was the acting head coach, which I thought was a brilliant move because you let the OC be the OC and the DC be the DC, right? And they still get their offense or whatever. And there's nobody more qualified for a head coaching job than than people that have to master the art of subbing people in and out last minute and seeing situations for where they were. So great, great decision to have him. And they, and look what happened. I mean, Everything on defense, anything that that even resembles special defense, looked like special teams, right? The ball got hiked, the defense recovered it. Ball gets tipped at the line of scrimmage. You got this three hundred pound guy going horizontal diving for the interception. Tell me that defense didn't look like special teams. That's that defense had special teams written all over it. Okay, now as to the question whether it's good Browns or bad Steelers, uh, I, I feel I, I hate I asked the question, but at the same time I hate the question because the answer is always going to be both, but the answer is in the middle, but as to the question of which side of the middle, I gotta go with I gotta go with bad Steelers. I gotta go with bad Steelers. The re- you picked the Browns to win, so I'm <laughs> I'm just gonna say you knew something I didn't. Okay, you and Evan Corey, all right. But I picked the Steelers because the Steelers were a two point a failed two point conversion away with Mason Rudolph. <laughs> okay, you know at the Browns. I believe that was at Cleveland. So I'm like, if they, if Cleveland needs to survive two points, what the hell do you think Ben's going to do? And Ben's going to light them up maybe for 501 yards, you know, uh, and four touchdowns, except without the four interceptions. So I got to go bad Steelers because in addition to them being unlucky, sometimes the way the ball bounces or whatever, they were also terrible. That ball on the first play that got hiked over Ben Roethlisberger's head, there's no way him and Connor, him or Connor should not pounce on that ball. Pounce yeah. on the ball, wind up on the one-yard line, punt for your, your life, you know, or wind up in the end zone, get the safety. There's no way that they should be doing this little campfire around the ball and, and then decide to get on it, then it squeezes, squeezes out. Next thing you know, you got all these orange helmets on it. So... That's bad Steelers. You know, these, these tip drills and people not recovering from these tip drills, man, that's bad Steelers. Um, he got 501 yards passing, but we both know that those are empty calorie yards, you know? And the only thing I'd like to see Cleveland do better is when they're ahead, don't be scared to run up the score. If, if you're passing and, and all of these plays that you do to light up a team is what puts you ahead, in order to stay ahead and not punt the ball and give them the ball back or not turn over the ball is to keep doing what you're doing until they make the adjustment. So that's, I would, um, so I, I say the answer's in the middle because Cleveland, you, you still got to put up the yards, right? Baker Mayfield played a tight game, man. No interceptions, three, three, you know, three Benny Bones, 263 yards. Um, Nick Chubb, stingy yards, 76. Um, Kareem Hunt. Those are the two people you said that were going to win this game for Cleveland, and and they did get the uh, they got a, a combined what twenty six touches. These are the kind of guys. If you're ahead, you want them to get. If if that's how Cleveland chooses to stay ahead, give them thirty five touches combined, because I I believe you. I co-sign with you that I think that they. Um, I don't say I'm not saying they're the MVP like you are the most important player, but those are the those are the guys that are going to win a game when everyone's good. 
Rob. It's a playoff situation. Everyone's good. Who's who's going to yeah. bring him over? So, yeah, man. Nobody misses Odell Beckham, huh? Jarvis Landry, <laughs> 92 yards receiving, one one touchdown. Nick, Nick Chubb also got 69 yards in the air. So, I mean, 76 on the ground, 69 in the air. So, um, I go at the answers in the middle, but I go bad Pittsburgh on this. They were just terrible. They were terrible. It was it was 28 points by the time the beginning, somewhere in the middle of the second quarter, it was 28 points. And they trailed as much as 35-7. Terrible. Which game um did you did you like watching this weekend? I know you watched them all. Um, I honestly <laughs> really enjoyed the uh the, the Bills say. game. And I know you hate it, but I love the Bills game. The Bills game was, you know, a lot more exciting than I thought. And I, well, not more exciting than I thought. I thought it was going to be a lot, a very close game. But, uh, you know, it was vintage Phil Rivers where he, he gives you an exciting game and he loses at the end. Like it's that Jek- That's that Jekyll uh, and Hyde quarterback, dude. Don't you think worst. I was scared? Which Phil going to come out? <laughs> Old man Phil, old man Rivers, right, or, right, or, right. or the guy who's like, I'm in a good mood today. I feel like passing some balls to anybody. What's your name? I don't care. Hit you in the jerseys. Hit you in your hands. Dude, <laughs> when he went, when there was only a few, uh, a few seconds left and I knew he was going to throw a Hail Mary, I ran behind a wall. And was and like an why. idiot and like an a-hole. I was, I was peeking, but I was, I ran behind a wall and I was peeking from behind the wall to watch the game. I was watching the TV like it was going to do something. I'm peeking around the wall watching the TV. Like, a, uh, I don't know. I know. Like, I know. It shows I know. how much I, I care. I was like, I was surprised he even got, because he literally looked up to the heavens and threw that ball straight up in the air. Like, he had zero arm strength. <laughs> yeah. It died, <laughs> it right? It, it didn't even reach the end zone, yeah. I don't believe. But, uh, yeah, it was still... Mm-hmm. It's still pretty dang close, and you never know what's going to happen. You know, I feel like a lot of coaches should be training that. Like in the hail mary situation, just hit the ball up in the air, and now you have a chance to to catch a ball that's not like coming down from, you know, twenty five feet. In the is air. it Phil's last year? Uh, I don't know if it's his Gosh, last year. Question. I don't know if he got a one year contract because so you, you know they have they have Jacoby Brisket behind him, and he's not, you know, a franchise guy, so. That's quick I think question, they're just kind of waiting in the wind, um, you know. We're gonna put that on the quarterback. Tell you what, we're gonna get back on that one because there's there's two yeah. other quarterbacks that came in the league around the same time. I want to um ask that same question. All right, so that'll sure. be that'll be on our quick question. All right, but right. for me, the the game that was interesting was was Washington and, and Tampa Bay. You know, I just thought it's it's night, and I, I you you kind of have it on in the back while you're eating pizza or whatever or Thai food, and, and I'm like, interesting. Why why are why are why is Tampa Bay not stomping their guts out? <laughs> you know? And that that was the most interesting team. game to me this weekend, even though it was the game that I thought were the the winner was obvious, but in no matter how it was always interesting. Um all right, so guys, let's we're gonna do uh last week was our, our one off for, for pick six. The guests are the guests already won. They they were ahead. They played keep away ball. You know what I'm saying? Like all of us are really good at the end, right? All of us are going six and zero and five and one at the end, and um, going to Evan Corey. You're five and one. Corey's five and one. You guys picked the Browns wisely, and all of us had to eat eat that that hot L with the Rams and the Seahawks. So um, we're not doing totals. That's our last pick six. And since they're all pick fours and pick twos from now, now on, me and Rob McLean go mano a mano. You versus me, baby. Last man standing. Mm-hmm. May the best man win. 
Boom. Fist bump. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> All right. So let's do our our pick NFL picks segment. Segment. No more pick six, of course, because there's no six games to pick. Let's start with the first one. Actually, time wise, I'm gonna go random. I'm not gonna go um by by first game like, like chronological order. Let's just go. We'll call this game one. Rams visiting the Green Bay Packers. Bobby McGee, who you got? I mean, uh, <clears throat> yeah, I'll go with the with the Packers on this one. Um, yeah, I think that any team that goes against Aaron Donald and that you know run defense is going to be able to is going to have a tough time. But uh, you know, the Green Bay run the ball a little differently. You know, they obviously with uh, Aaron Rodgers there, they they're able to pass the ball a lot better, um, a lot quicker. And then off that, they're able to kind of, um, you know, zone run through through uh, a defense. So I think they're going to be pretty successful um, and kind of stifle that that front line for uh, the Rams. So I, uh, I'm i going to go with the Green Bay Packers. I'm going to go to Green Bay as well. And I think um, it's going to be cold. And people are like, oh, it doesn't matter. It's cold. But it, that's ridiculous. It's, it absolutely does matter as far as traction, as far as getting your lateral movement, and as far as people trying to play defense against people, um, quarter, scrambling quarterbacks and running backs that can do that. Expect Aaron Rodgers to start the fire in that cold weather and expect um, the other Aaron, Aaron Jones, to keep that fire lit in the second half. I expect him to get ahead and I expect that running game. Um, it's old school, traditional, get ahead and then ground and pound football. I believe the Rams are very, very stout against the run, but I think the longer their defense is on the field, the more the more it's 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 there's going to be a shift in that. And by the way, Aaron Jones is a bruiser, man. So I go Green Bay. Uh, game two, we got the Ravens visiting the Buffalo Bills. I'm going to go first and I'm going to cite as a pretext that I am um, I am not objective. <laughs> I'm not only am I a prisoner of the moment every time, uh, every moment I talk about the Bills, but I believe in the world of scrambling quarterbacks, I think it's going to be a wash between Allen and and Lamar Jackson. The only difference is I think I think Allen's going to beat them by land and air. And though the Ravens' defense is tough up front, and though they do not have Zach Moss this weekend, that works for a Singletary because Singletary gets better with more touches. So I expect him to get 70, 80 stingy yards against the Ravens. I expect Allen to light up a secondary that, that plays receivers close to their belt. But if you do that against Diggs, you're going to pay. You do it against against Beasley, he's going to find a slot and catch. So they already know there's a lot of pain coming their way because the Ravens hit hard, but break out the Ben Gay right? Hurts even worse when it's cold. And normally, momentum-wise, I would go with the Ravens against any team, including Kansas City, but I'm going Buffalo Bills. Yeah, I mean, again, this is a tough one because uh, both teams don't necessarily need to throw the football to be successful. Um, And I think they've both had their issues on, uh, you know, on the defensive side of the ball. So, um. Yeah, I mean this is tough, uh, and I think uh, Allen's just going to prove why he he should be you know MVP caliber uh, this year because he's going to be able to run the ball and throw the ball. Um, and I just don't have enough faith in uh, the the Ravens defense yet uh, for the Bills to to not beat them. So, you know, I think that call really does work, and and there's not many people that can throw the ball in that in that weather. So uh, I'm going to go with uh you know with the elements. I'm going to go with the Buffalo Bills again. 
Very good. Uh, game three. <clears throat> Rob, you go first on this one. Game three, we have the Cleveland Browns visiting the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah, I mean, I think <clears throat> this uh, this game is going to just be uh, kind of a blowout. You know, I think the the the, the Browns did a you know kind of did everything they did to 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 beat this to beat this uh, Steelers team. Um, and even though the Steelers played bad, they still came back at the end. There still is that you know what if. So um, I just think the Browns are kind of going to be overwhelmed this game with the. Uh, offensive and defensive pressure from from Kansas City so I'll go, I'll go with the Chiefs yeah uh, for me like Cleveland uh, jumped off to an early lead on Pittsburgh but if there's any team that can make a 24 point lead disappear <laughs> it's the Kansas City Chiefs they did so last year trailing 24 to 0 and in the same quarter tied the game and, and just just kept going once they got going they got going I like Cleveland Browns attitude. I like their feistiness and I like that they they stand behind their quarterback, their guy. Um and there's this true brotherhood happening where they they fight for each other and they have this emotional investment, but the divisional rounds before the the conference championship games, emotional investment's not enough. You got to have this, there's a, there has to be a combination of a lot of things and truly this is a separate the men from the boys weekend and I got to go with the Kansas City Chiefs. It's too many weapons on the wide receiver position. Too many weapons on um, the running back. They're arrested. They're happy. They're they're thinking of being a re- finding a way to be a repeat champion. Oh, and by the way, Mahomes is a, is a top two or top one MVP candidate. So I'm going with the Kansas City Chiefs. Last game, I'll go first on this one. This is a night game. Tampa Bay Bucks get the three-peat, the, the third match in the third meeting against the New Orleans Saints. The Saints barbecued them twice. Um, the question is, is third time, is third time a charm? And to me, the answer is absolutely. I'm going with the Bucks on this. Take take into account that they didn't have a preseason. Take into account that and Antonio Brown joined them later on in the season. Take into account that Antonio Brown is hitting his stride. Um, Godwin, Jones, and Bruce Arians, you know, well, well-coached defense and special teams. Thomas is back for the Saints. Probably the game of the weekend. Um, I'm, but I'm going with the Tampa Bay Bucks, going with Tom Brady. When in doubt, I go with Brady. <clears throat> yeah, I just uh, <clears throat> every time this has happened this season uh, with Tampa Bay Bucks, you know, a, a, a what if kind of game. Um, they've either lost or they've been absolutely destroyed. So I'm just going to go with the history on this, 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 you know, this season. And you know I like what the Saints do. You know I still think they, you know, if they could involve Tyson Hill, Tyson Hill a little bit, you know, and, and you know bring him into the fold a little bit, um, you know, it'd be great for them. But I think their defense is going to ring strong, and then a good Drew Brees. You know that's what I'm I'm banking on. So Dude, I'm gonna go with the Saints right here. The Saints have given us so many hot L's. I cannot yeah. blame you, dude. I cannot on our pick six competing um against the guest. The Saints have given us so many hot L's, dude. <laughs> the only time that we we justifiably picked against them is we picked Kansas City, right? I mean, but from then on, it was like a lesson learned thing. It was pretty much like Pittsburgh the first eleven games. Um. All right, so that concludes our NFL pick segment. And now, of course, one of my favorite. Buckle your seatbelts. This is to shame or not to shame. 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 
Shane. Shane. Come check. Rob. Hmm. To shame or not to shame? We got two of them today, brother. Kyrie not playing because of the protest. <laughs> shame or no shame? I mean, definitely shame <laughs> on him. Um, just on the fact that, you know, when something happens, you don't, you know, stop your job to, like, you know, protest that, you know, unless you're just going to go to the protest and be protesting. I just think it's like with Kyrie, he just does way too many things that don't have to do with basketball. And I have I have no problem with him speaking up about, you know, issues in, you know, in the public sector. But understand, you don't really live in the public sector, you know, so you got to, you know, the way that he talks is like he's an average human being living the everyday life when it's really not true. You know, he's, you know, has all the little things in this life that he can, you know, make up here out of nowhere. Um, second off, you know, he's got to start worrying about playing with Durant because Durant is going to get this guy traded in a heartbeat, you know, with all the <laughs> off court distractions and then all seriously. And all the – sorry to take all the time, but, That's... yeah, this guy is just um, – he's such a distraction, man. I, I honestly – now that I see Kyrie Irving, I am totally a LeBron lover because the fact that this guy could spend that many years with this kid and, and, and still win a championship is probably one of the most impressive things I've seen. Pretty crazy. Rob, I might need a whole minute for this. I might not, but I got to go shame, dude. I got to go shame. Listen, I grew up on Flatbush Avenue, Brooklyn, New York, okay? Rob, you are you are a black man. Me, I am biracial. I came out of the womb, the womb of a black woman, and, and in many ways, I identify with being African-American. In fact, in Brooklyn, New York, I was black, all right? And one of the quotes is, nothing should stop a black man from going to work. What the hell going to stop? What the hell? Something that has nothing to do with the black man feeding his feeding his family, supporting his whatever, um, stops a black man from going to work. That is, Kyrie Irving, you are ridiculous. Okay, you not wanting to entertain the fans because something that's going on that 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 has nothing to do with the fans that support you. Um, like, you, if you think you not playing is gonna like force people to take action that don't watch you or support you in the, to begin with, then, then you're mistaken. You don't, you don't, you don't, you, you, you boycott bus systems. Okay. You boycott a, a, a bus line because they're making African-Americans sit in the back. You boycott a university, you know, uh, because they are unfairly treating African-American uh, uh, people. Oh, really? What the hell? Um, you, boycott i don't know starbucks because they don't let people they only let white people sit there and, and you know hang out in the chairs and not black people you don't boycott your own damn job out of some stupid Ill illogical and this, this guy went to duke man flat a flat earther from duke um uh yeah uh, i gotta go shame year. i gotta go one shame. year huh one year at duke okay he spent uh, one year at Duke, and it was like 13 games on the court. He busted his knee. He went to the uh, the draft the year after. Mm -hmm. So, let's. I wouldn't call him a Duke man. I call him he he went to Duke. I am, and guess what? I am a Brooklyn Nets fan. So you know what? I mean, look, he gets hey, a bat. Y'all wanted him. Yeah, this might I mean, be the smartest thing that you know. Uh, what's his name? Uh, the the owners, uh, James Dolan, ever done. 
True that, man. All right, Rob, shame or no shame? Um, <laughs> Doug Peterson gets the heave-ho, gets fired by the Philadelphia Eagles. Rob, to shame or not to shame? No shame. This man has just outstayed his welcome. But this is the other, this is the other problem, and this kind of goes to what we were talking about earlier about the, the Cleveland Browns choosing their uh, you know, special teams coach as their interim head coach. You know, sometimes offensive coordinator is the job that some people need to be. And sometimes defensive coordinator is the job that they need. Sometimes head coach is not as just too much thing to delegate. Sometimes some people are good at delegating things and maybe not so good at offense or defense necessarily. And I think that's just where, uh, you know, the, the whole coaching system is kind of lost where you got to work your way up. And if you're offensive coordinator, you can get this head coaching uh, opportunity. And it's like, I don't really think that's, that's, that's correct because at the end of the day, you need to put out the best offense and defense. And I think maybe those coaches could maybe even get paid more, a head coach get paid less because he's just doing a lot of delegating and a lot of personality uh, understanding and, and meshing. And, um, you know, I think those jobs are all equally as important uh, as opposed no to the head coach is the head guy and he gets paid the most. And that should be the way it is. You know, there's a lot of amazing offensive and defensive coordinators out there that aren't necessarily, you know, head coach material. And I think they need to really be, you know, uh, spotlighted and headlined. Yeah, uh, Rob. More than you know the the John Gruden. Nah, stuff like definitely. That. Nah, with you, man. Come on, man. You had something. You had something to say. <laughs> um, Rob, as far as shame or no shame is concerned, I, I gotta go. As far as the people firing him, no shame. They, they had to do what they had to do. When we had this conversation, when we saw what the hell he did that last game of the season, starting Sudfeld, when the ch the championship of a conference that he exists in hangs in the balance that determines, you know, um, who who goes or who doesn't. The way that they allowed Washington to back into the playoffs made me come to you the next the next day, and, and I'm like, you, is he is he a made man in Philadelphia? That he thinks that he that that they're not gonna touch him up on this one. First, you know he's in a sport where people got fired for less. He's also on a team that just came off a Super Bowl that has a quarterback a, a quarterback controversy with two people with the two people that you're supposed to start. All right, and he's also in a city that is so unforgiving they booed Santa Claus. Santa Claus, shame on this man for what he did the last season. And, I'm, and I told myself, if he gets fired over this, I ain't got no problem with that. Because that was just, that was willfully ignorant. And it was it was protected ignorance, which secedes into, what what do we call that? Stupidity. Stupidity. All right? So, um, yeah, no shame. No shame in him firing him. But the, as far as shame, for the purposes of shame and no shame, depends on what we're talking about. Shame on him. Should have got fired. You know? Should have got fired. And, the, and, and um, I think they're talking to Todd Bowles about it. I think he's interviewing for that job right now. Defensive coordinator um, for, um, I believe, who's he with now? The Bucks. I know he's been doing some really good work. I think he was with the Bucks. Yeah, yeah man. That sounds yeah. right. I'm glad he got a second shot. I mean, he, I mean, he got unfairly, unsummarily dismissed by the, the New York Jets, even though he found a way to win 10 games with, with like, nobody. So Nobody. Yeah, so. All right, Rob. So now we go to our next segment. Quick question, quick question. 
<clears throat> Rob, quick question. This is an A or B choice, okay? What was one? What was the dumbest coaching move in the NFL this year? And here are our two choices: the New York Jets calling a uh, Williams, Greg Williams calling a full blitz with 12 seconds left, or the Falcons allowing an on, the onside kick to roll by them in the Dallas Cowboys game. Just watched that the other day too. I, I mean, honestly, <laughs> it has to be the the all out blitz because not only did they all out blitz because they they could have just all out blitzed and got them, you know, they all out blitzed and they freaking got the catch at the end. It was like wide open, wide receiver. Like it wasn't even two guys back contesting the catch. Like it has to be Greg Williams. For sure. Hell no. I got to go with the Falcons, man. They got a, they had a little camp. They, 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 they had this campfire. They both, they, dude, you know what campfires look like, right? Everyone surrounds oh, yeah. this little fire, right? And then they roast marshmallows <laughs> and then you sing camp songs and you tell ghost stories and, sh and stuff like that. And that's what that looked like as they summarily watched this ball just roll by. And the only jersey or the only guy with a star in his helmet went into the campfire, pounced on the fire, put out the fire, got the football, which eventually made the Cowboys win the game, which is a testament to why the Eagles, why the Falcons were bad this year, which cost that dude his job. For me, nuts. I mean, the reason why I give the, uh, the Jets a little bit of a pass is though not everybody will call a blitz. They're two lurking variables. One, I'm 90% sure the 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 free safety and the or the linebacker missed their assignment. I'm I'm pretty sure there was a third guy that was supposed to go back and make sure that over the back that thing didn't happen. I think the the axe falls on Greg Williams and they were all quick to throw him under the bus even though Gase was gone. They were all gone anyway. So so really more like ballast off a sinking ship. But the but the important thing was the play before that. They called um they went prevent and and what's his name got got the protection all the time in the world to throw through deep and it bounced off of this dude's hands i don't know if it was waller or somebody or, or aguilar again but it bounced off of his hands so um so williams is probably thinking i can't co-prevent it again prevent's gonna prevent me from winning <laughs> you know so uh, still a dumb move but as far as it's just a dumb move uh like <laughs> Come on, man. Because look, if that guy got another contested catch, do you think he'd be thinking, oh, this is going to be an easy one? Or, oh, I hope I don't drop it again. Do you know what I mean? But don't you or think they'd be criticizing him? Like if he called the same play uh, prevent and if they got caught no, the second time, don't you think the debate. Monday morning quarterbacks would, would be, be like, yo, didn't you learn from the previous play? Hmm? Sorry, no, it would be a debate. It would be exactly what that is. It would be yeah. a yes. Yeah, some people would say yes. Some people would say no. Right now, he looks like the <laughs> dumbest guy in the room because he tried to be the smartest guy in the room. And that's just the problem. Ooh, there's something uh, about people that do this for a living, man, right? There's something yeah. about people that do this for a living 24/7 that outsmart themselves. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, dude, we're like, I'm like, we're like working stiffs, and even we know that, do you know? And I'm like, how could you not know that when you're not this? You're not moonlighting this job, Greg Williams. You're not, you're not working at Starbucks in the morning and and doing coaching at night or whatever. This is all you do every day of the I mean, week, 24/7. How are you gonna get that wrong? I agree with you. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure he had uh, reasons to do things, but again, like they not, they weren't doing anything this this season, and you know, for them to lose that game was actually better off for them because they're getting a good draft pick no matter what, you know. So, at the end of the day, they probably should have kept Greg Williams, but you know, they're they're gonna you know clean house anyway pretty soon. So, cool. That's just how it is. All right, quick question: um, UFC, who wins between Neil Magny and Michael Chiesa? 
There's a there's a smaller show happening before McGregor I and Dustin really Poirier. Like, I really like uh, 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 Michael Chiesa. You know, when yep. he moved up to the different weight division, uh, I thought he really like, uh, you know, filled out a little bit more. He wasn't so you know real thin, and I really you know he's got all the skills to to compete. Uh, so I, I really like uh, you know Chiesa for that one. I pick Chiesa too, but and and if if he wins this, this is a big win for his career. Neil Magny is a constant pressure dude on the ground and on his feet. He's got long arms. He he can take a shot. You never see him get finished. You saw him got tapped out, but only by people like Damian Maya or RDA. You know what I'm saying? You're supposed to tap out. Um, if Magny wins, I, I always root for Magny, no matter who, because I just like his work ethic. But I pick Kiesa, and I think it's a big, big career, a big boost for to get a, a, a bigger number, number next to his name as far as the rankings are concerned. Uh, quick question: Will Bill Will Bill Belichick get blowback for not accepting the Medal of Freedom? <laughs> uh, blowback from who? Exactly. You know. Yeah. <laughs> so the answer is no. I, think, I mean, I think New England might make him mayor. <laughs> right. I just think, uh, yeah, really smart move to distance yourself from people who aren't. You know, mm -hmm. I think he's just doing a, a Bill Belichick. I'm smarter than everybody else. Yeah. Um, because I think there's a lot of people who would have, you know. Yeah. on the slide, you know, said, yeah. And then, you know, just had it for a story later on in life, but it matters how you get that too. Right. You know, I think he, maybe he's well-deserved of it. Yep. I don't even know why who's getting the medal, but, uh, yep. uh, I think, you know, he can earn it maybe in a better period and it might mean a little more something to him. I think there's also about timing. All right. Like just for the record, like Don, uh, Donald Trump was Bill Belichick's friend before, you know, when he was doing wrestling with Vince McMahon and, you know, hosting all those shows back then, you know, when, when Bill Belichick was a defensive coordinator for the New York Giants. So there, there's a friendship that that, that goes on that, that you're kind of like family so, uh, regardless. But I thought him, the timing of it was very, very appropriate for him to say no thanks because the same day he was supposed to get it was the same day they were burying the, the, the police officer that got killed. So you can't have those two things happen on the same day. You know, he would have got a ton of blowback if he said yes. So saying, saying, you know, not now or thanks, but no thanks. That was not only appropriate and not only, um, uh, uh, adequate for his career, but imperative. So, um, quick question. Uh, should Ben, should big Ben go? Should big Ben come back next year? Uh, <clears throat> I think Regardless that, of his contract. Uh, the Steelers need to probably find, uh, a legitimate second option that can be in or challenge Ben for, you know, the starting position because mm -hmm. in all seriousness, Mason Rudolph is not that guy. So, um, <clears throat> yep. you know, I think they need to bring in a second option, a real second option. I would love to see a Jacoby Brissett play for, for a team like that. You know, I'd love to see, uh, you know, them draft maybe uh, one of these these top flight guys, you know, trade up into the, you know, mid-second round, or mid-early, mid-first uh, round and just uh, pick up one of these quarterbacks that drop a little bit. Who knows? So, uh, I but say, yeah, I yeah. think it's I think it's time to move on from, from, from Roethlisberger. Yeah. I don't know Roethlisberger's contract situation. Also, I don't know their salary cap situation or 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 what 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 their their draft their draft status is as far as getting first round and second round picks. But I would say work some minor miracles if they can and get and get and trade up and get Jordan Love, get Aaron Rodgers back up. I mean, right now he's been he's been our largest backup for like the whole year. He's learned it under Lafleur, whatever. And as far as like inviting someone to camp or whatever, um, just my gut tells me try try him. 
he's you know second third year you can and, and if you're right you got him for the next decade in a system with Mike Tomlin and Mike Tomlin's worked miracles with Mason Rudolph so um yeah but Big Ben should not come back next year um quick question yes or no does see do the Seattle Seahawks go to the playoffs next year Yeah, Seahawks uh, go to the playoffs. Yes, because uh, I think they just have uh, such a defensive identity. Um, but yeah, they're 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 in trouble. I mean, they don't. I just don't think they know how to utilize you know things on offense. And I think this goes back to what we were talking about: is you know they might need a very creative offensive coordinator because we all know that Pete Carroll does wonders on defense, but. We never really talk about his offense all the way back to USC. You know, he's always had his little issues. He's had his superstar players, whether it's Rebby Bush, Matt Liner, yada, 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 all the way down the line. But, you know, he's always had those guys to kind of do their own thing out there instead of, you know, systematically breaking down defense. Um, I think he can do that for against other offenses. But as a coach, you know, maybe – Elaine Kiffin from the college round might be an interesting route for offensive coordinator or something like that, you know, to be creative and, and, and put some points on the board. Yeah. I sadly, I got to go. No, like, I mean, you got Arizona. It's going to be hundred percent healthy. The San Francisco 49ers will be there. You know, they're not going to then they're going to bring, I mean, it is the kind of division that could bring three teams at the playoffs, but I don't see them finishing on top. And if they're not going to finish, I mean, my, my bad feeling says no. Um, that concludes quick question. Um, before we go, RIP, big RIP shout out to Tommy Lasorda, our, um, rest in peace, longtime Dodgers manager high with his highlight, probably winning the 88 world series, beating the Mets who I believe won 90 games that year. And then beating the Oakland A's who were just, who, you know, I mean, you could literally see people shaking scared every time they went against those guys, Jose Canseco and Mark McGuire, the the Bash brothers. So, um, but before you give you a shout out, I want to talk about exciting basketball teams. All right. The Nets look good. Lakers look look like they're on their way to repeat. Really love what Greek Freak's doing. Hey, Charlotte Hornets, you know what I'm saying? LaMelo Ball's doing his thing. Trey Young, second year. But I tell you who still doesn't look hopeful, the New York Knicks. Max Kellerman, on this very day, in fact, today's the 11th or the 12th, actually one day, give or take, four years ago, Max Kellerman says college football championship is being decided tonight but Madison Square Garden is sold out. You know what that means? Those people, instead of watching the fate of, of, of you know, NCAA football superiority get decided by two amazing quarterbacks, those people chose to watch the Knicks. And as you can imagine, we already know what happened that night. Derrick Rose was missing in action. Never, didn't call, didn't show. Carmelo Anthony got ejected. And they got blown out on their own home court by the Pelicans, no less, <laughs> right? So the reason why I brought this up is because he humorously said, somewhere in the first quarter, everyone just get up and walk out. Because this guy, Dolan, is like, I already got your money, but the question is, do we still have to keep giving it to you? Four years later, the Knicks are playing the Charlotte Hornets. And you could hear, by fan participation on the monitors, those people, instead of watching college football, they chose to watch the Knicks play. And the same thing happened. They got blown out by the Hornets. 
I would rather put it with Kyrie Irving's drama and watch him play and shoot buckets than to ever, to ever watch the New York Knicks, at least, at least for now. Um, the only thing that the even that's even redeeming is that we don't have to get up and walk out because there's a pandemic. <laughs> we are already home. <laughs> but what you know what I'd like to do? Like all of those people that are on monitors. I call on all of you guys to turn off your live feed all at the same time. <laughs> it's in the middle of the first quarter. Everybody turn off their live feed all at the same time. Just go blackout. So four years in, in, the, in the making, my man, Max, Max Kellerman from ESPN, told, it's told everybody it's time to make a stand and get up and walk out the door. <laughs> and that's all I got. That's too funny. I mean, I don't got no shout outs. I just want everybody to stay happy, healthy, and do what you love. Yo, right? All I really want is to be happy. We got to do a song compilation on all these ridiculous things I've been just coming up with randomly, right? Between that, ain't no sunshine and got to give the people and step into a world. Doesn't matter because this ain't Hawaii 5-0, but this is episode 5-0, a sports debate Tuesday. We did it, Rob. 50 straight weeks, my man. 50 straight episodes. You are a savage. This man, ladies and gentlemen, is a savage. He is Rob. Keep it. McLean. McLean. I am Jason DeBeers. This is episode 50 of Sports Debate Tuesday. We're out. Come check out the Option Podcast on OptionDB.com. It's also available on iTunes and Spotify and on YouTube under the NY Varsity Sports Handle. You're going to love what you hear.